is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, here's intro number two for Fantasy Football Today on Tuesday. I did one just a few minutes ago, and we all agreed it was just bad. It just sucked, so... Here we go. Intro number two today, bounce back candidates. And you all out there, you have no idea what intro number one sounded like, but it was really bad. But right it now... It wasn't as bad as intro number two. Really? Okay. All right. So let's I, focus in then. Yeah, go ahead, Heath. You want to you wanna get in on intro I number two? I thought intro number one was number two, <laughs> but uh, this one's definitely better now. This one's better. Uh, as long as you acknowledge how bad it is, it's kind of like laughing at your own bad joke, then everything's fine. We're going to tell you why... A running back who was really bad last year on the one of the worst running teams in the NFL is going to bounce back. We're going to tell you why the oldest oldest quarterback in football, one of the oldest players in football, is going to bounce back. We're going to tell you why two aging wide receivers are going to bounce back. See how good of an intro this is? People are like, who, are, who is he talking about? They're glued to the podcast. Yeah. And Ben's here. Ben Gretsch is here. We haven't talked to Ben Gretsch in a little while. What's up, Benny? What's up? I want to know who the two, I guess my receivers are the two aging ones, but I think we'll, maybe you and some of our listeners will be interested to learn they're not that old compared to Dave's old receiver. I think they're only a year and two years older than Dave's old receiver. So you're, you're calling them old, a little premature. I think, I think as long as we stay away from old running backs, we'll be just fine. We've seen receivers over the age of 30 perform well before. I, yeah, I, I've I've been making a big case for one of Ben's eight. I, I think I call them aging. I don't know if I call them old. I don't know. Maybe I call them both. Receivers. Isn't everyone aging? Technically, philosophically speaking, he's right. I don't feel like I'm aging. I feel like um, you know, I'm older than all of these been <laughs> all these wide receivers. But I, these I don't feel days like we are all aging, Adam. I guess so. Boy, it feels it feels like I've been you know quarantined for months and it's only been a few weeks so i but wait a minute wait a minute you always work from home it's not it changed for you it's you not don't just have a drive that. to the office like he has and like i have it's not just that it's i mean i really want to go to the grocery store i am dying to go to the grocery store go <laughs> no i'm not going yes. i'm not going I'm not leaving okay. the house unless just, i have to that you can be safe at your grocery store it's okay you can do it. Not as safe as, as if you're in your house. Uh, yesterday, That's I, true. Did you know yesterday I tried Chef Boyardee for the first time? How was really? that? First time ever. You probably hated it. It was horrible. Holy yeah. cow, it was terrible. <laughs> it's for kids. Yeah, kids with bad taste. Okay, injuries, news, and notes. There are none. <laughs> so let's promote something real quick. Where uh, Drake Kirkpatrick just got cut. Is the, Does that count as injuries, Oh, that's news, actually and interesting. I feel like he actually was, was good last year. I feel like I was a, hey, yeah, you know what? So, yes, with the Bengals, I remember the stat. They were much, much worse against wide receivers after his injury. Uh, So, remember that. All right, so anyway, uh, prospect profiles this week. We're starting it on Thursday, possibly Friday, by the way. Breaking news, uh, that show might be on Friday. With um, quarterbacks, continuing, continuing next week with running backs. We're going to give you everything you need to know about the top prospects in the draft, traits to player comps to best fantasy fits. And, of course, you can listen on your smart speaker. Just say, play fantasy football today, Alexa, or whoever you have to do it. Hey, Alexa, play fantasy, whatever. Just tell your smart speaker to play fantasy football today, and we will stalk you in your home. Bounce back candidates. Also have a big list of bounce back candidates from the listeners, but let's start with Heath's. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say, I'm going to say their names. And then Dave and Ben are going to say if they agree or disagree. And then Heath's going to explain his thoughts. Le'Veon Bell and Juju Smith-Schuster. Ben and Dave, do you think Le'Veon Bell and Juju Smith-Schuster are going to bounce back in 2020? Yes. I would have picked Juju if Heath hadn't already picked him. I will not draft Le'Veon Bell in any league this year. Oh, I took Le'Veon Bell in round four of the non-PPR mock draft we did. Sorry, I, was I don't know if I, I I might consider him in round three in PPR. Yeah, he was uh, number twenty-one in non-PPR and number sixteen in PPR. But Le'Veon Bell was twelfth in carries last year, and no running back in the top twenty in carries 
had fewer rushing touchdowns than Le'Veon Bell. He had three. All right, Heath, yeah. make the case. Yeah, I mean, I think Juju is like the free space when someone writes a bounce back article, and I there, there's no explanation needed. He didn't have a quarterback. He was hurt. He's going to be much better than he was last year, even if he's not the number one wide receiver like I may have thought that he could have been last year. So that's an easy one. Le'Veon Bell, I, it's interesting because I'm still pretty much of the mindset, especially at running back, um, of volume over everything. And so far, the Jets have not done anything to make me think that Le'Veon Bell is going to get less work than he did. And yes, he was terribly inefficient on an awful Jets team with a, an abysmal offensive line. I anticipate the offensive line will be somewhat better. Maybe not good. Probably not good. Still bad, but better than it was last year. I have a very hard time envisioning how Le'Veon Bell is going to be worse than 3.2 yards per carry. Maybe he's only 3.5 yards per carry. I don't think he's going to score a touchdown every 75 touches. Um, I would anticipate that's closer to once every 35 or 40 touches. And so if he's like, I have a very hard time seeing how Le'Veon Bell is anything but a good pick in the fourth round unless he gets hurt. Like, it's just totally, if you think he's going to be worse than worth a fourth-round pick, then you, at this point, and it could change in the draft, um, but at this point, you just think he's going to get hurt because we saw as bad as he could possibly be last year with 300 touches, and it was like the number 16 running back right. in PPR. In PPR. Um, that's You get the number 16 running back in PPR over 15 games, not even over 16, um, in the fourth round, and you did a very good thing. Yeah, I don't I know agree. about that. I don't know about that. Could you talk about well, how well, that's, much... But, but the, Dave, like, do you, let me get... Because you said you agree, but you get the number 16 running back. He's basically just accumulating stats. He's not really giving you... That's what you, fantasy football but, is. But no, but he's not, he's not giving you good production on a week-to-week basis. You know, he's not really winning you weeks. He's just... Like, that's the kind of player you should not have to use with one of your first four picks. In my opinion. Yeah, I don't... I would not anticipate that Le'Veon Bell, if he plays 16, like, and I, I can pull up the game logs now. He's He had good weeks last year. Yeah, he did. He's going to have good weeks this year. Like, it's not it's not that he's just not helping you. He, he's definitely helped uh, fantasy managers win some leagues or some weeks last year. Yeah, first Especially two weeks, weeks one great. and two. He, yeah. he accumulated his way to 23 and 20 PPR points, but those were his two best games of the year. I, I would contend that the offensive line was a huge problem. For the second straight year, they were ranked 31st in pass blocking by Pro Football Focus, and we go back and forth with PFF, but that line stunk. They've added Connor McGovern. They're going to draft at least one other guy to that line, and I'm hoping they actually find a way to... They, they added a lot of depth already. The guys that they've added via free agency aren't necessarily like amazing offensive linemen, but there are upgrades over the poo pile that they had trying to make lanes for Le'Veon last year. And remember, Le'Veon is a patient runner. He needs a little extra time, and those blockers need to really find gaps for him to choose the right lane to go through. And once he goes through that lane, assuming it's there, he, he does well. He can pop off. I think he can be better than 16th overall in PPR. But that's yeah. That that's not yeah. a case for drafting him in the fourth round. I mean, it like at least not for me. I, I guess it kind of comes down to a strategy perspective. But just beating your ADP doesn't make someone a good pick necessarily. Like that's one of your top five building blocks for your team. You would hope that that player has the potential to be a top five player at his position and can help you win your league, not just be a small win. And and so like I, I've talked about this before on the show. You, philosophically, like when I make draft picks, especially early, I want um, guys that could be big wins or small losses. And, and Le'Veon Bell to me is either going to be a small win as a draft pick or a big loss, because I do think there it's not just injury, in my opinion. I do think there's some possibility that if he's as bad as he was again, he already has issues with Adam Gase and Adam Gase has issues with him. He didn't sign him. He didn't want them to sign him. Um Will he lose touches? If, I mean, will they go through a whole other season giving him 300 touches if he's inefficient again? And I, I, I think that's a possibility. Like at his age, they might just decide that he's kind of washed. Like it could be a David Johnson situation from 2019 
where they decide to to move on from him at some point during the season. I don't think they're just going to pump 300 touches into him again and 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 hope that his you know his uh, efficiency improves. And, and Dave, to your point, they added a bunch of linemen, but I think the consensus is a lot of these guys were, were like overpays and we're not. Cons- and you, you mentioned that, but not not huge upgrades. We already know that Adam Gase's offense held back a ton of players in Miami that went on to now be very good. And then his offense was disappointing last year. I don't know what the upside is for his offense in 2020 with the Jets. I like I have a really hard time seeing Le'Veon Bell being a smash pick. So to me, like best case scenario, he's a small win over where you draft him. Yeah, best case scenario is he's a, a functional number two fantasy running back for your team. Oh, I don't agree with that at all. Like, I, I don't know why we would think that a guy that was 12th in carries and had 78 targets in 15 games couldn't like couldn't be a number one running back. I think the expectation should be he's going to be a top 12 PPR back unless he gets hurt. At the same time, I can I can name off 12 running backs I'd much rather have than than Le'Veon. The whole idea of drafting Le'Veon in round four is that he's kind of near the end of the the leftover running backs that have a chance to maybe even make the top 12. But I'm not drafting him to be a top twelve running back. Well, you got I'm him in the fourth him round. I think he'd be in a number PPR. two. He won't. He won't be in there in the fourth round in PPR. And I would take him in the third, late third round in PPR. And he might not get there. There might be somebody like you in every league that remembers the good of Le'Veon Bell from the, you know, the good old times of 2017 and before. But I, I, I can't. I I can't justify taking him in round two at any cost. Round three. Maybe toward the end when I know I've got another pick coming in round four, that's when I'll consider Le'Veon Bell. But I, make no mistake, I don't have high expectations for him, Heath. I think he can be good. I think he can be better than what he was last year. But I don't think he can be top 12, top 10 in PPR. Yeah, I've got him ranked. That's my expectation. Um, I think like he could – I maybe he doesn't get back to four yards per carry, but – we should expect no worse than like 3.6 if you're projecting. How many yeah. explosive oh. plays could he pull off? Like that that's what I'm worried about is I, I the rushing average could be, you know, 3.9 to 4.1 and he can still be the accumulator that Adam talked about. How many plays is he going to be able to pop for 20 plus but yards? But if if he's at 3. Point, if he's at 3.9 to 4.1 then we're talking about a 1500 yard back. With his touches, yeah, and, and only three touchdowns was extremely low. Now, a c- few things. The Jets have four picks in the top 80, and last year, Devin Singletary, David Montgomery, Daryl Henderson is actually in the reverse order. Henderson, um, Montgomery, and Singletary, they went picks 70, 73, and 74. So when you look at— It would at- be a stunner. It would be a stunner if they drafted a running back with all the needs that they have. I mean, but they because have they have the 68th pick and the 79th pick. I don't think that'd be a stunner if they drafted a running back. They they need a running back for the future. Sure, I mean, sure. They they don't have a true. backup right now, do they? Absolutely. Yeah, but like I mean, even if they wait a little later and grab like AJ Dillon out of Boston College, who was a really dominant big back, gets comped mm-hmm. to you know the really lofty comp is Derrick Henry, but uh, you know, Brandon Jacobs, he's very good size speed combine. He's probably going to be like a third or fourth round pick. If they go add someone like that and Le'Veon bell is still their passing downs and, and lead back, but he's coming in as kind of a hammer. I think he'd be a good compliment. And that's the kind of guy that I would think that if Le'Veon bell continues to be um, inefficient, even if he does get up to 3.6 or 3.9 yards per carry, that's still not something that's really getting it done. Um, well, that he could but, wind up taking a lot more touches away from Bell than any of the other backs did last year. But Ben, you like you agree that most of yards per carry is not on the back. Oh uh, yeah, I do. I just don't think that the the offense and the offensive line have improved enough. Like that's a big reason why I don't like Bell to bounce back. If he was in Pittsburgh or somewhere else, I wouldn't be as concerned. And I like his touch mix. I like the targets. And I agree with you. You can't project him lower than three point six. I'd probably project him three point eight or something uh, yards per carry. But I, I have concern that he can maintain the amount of touches, and I like I ju- there's just so many guys in the third or fourth round that I would rather take and be excited about taking that I think have top uh, like have the potential to be first round picks in 2021 because they had such a good 2020 season. Le'Veon Bell is it's just like a it's just a, a safety pick, I, I guess. You're locking in touches, but the, I just philosophically yeah. I, I don't take those types of acts. I think this is a good, like the philosophically part of it though, is a good discussion because like I agree, there's no flash. Le'Veon Bell's not going to be a first round pick in 2021 because it'd be a 29 year old running back. But 
and I understand that like maybe you think there's more concern that someone takes touches away from him than I do. But the numbers you're saying, like if we just gave him a median projection and he doesn't lose those touches, then you're going to project him to be a top 10 running back. You might project him to be like a top eight running back because you're going to project him for 1,500 total yards and probably eight touchdowns. You want to hear something gross? So, like, yes, I understand what you're saying about like the lack of upside with a player like Le'Veon Bell and and maybe even I'm underrating the risk. But I think that there is like number upside just in his base projection. And we wouldn't think that that was his ultimate like possible upside. Right. Because if he's averaging even a little bit below four yards per carry and he's getting the workload that he had last year, he's going to see positive regression uh, in in touchdowns. He can be better. He did not have a single carry of 20 plus yards last year. His he had two plays of 20 plus yards and they were both in the passing game. Just an absolute. Like just a nightmare year. I'm hoping the offensive line improves for him. And I, again, I, I just got done representing the Jets in the mock draft on CBS Sports HQ. So I've done a lot of studying on their needs. They need so many things. I, besides the fact they need basically four more offensive linemen, their pass rush, huge question mark. Secondary needs help. Their receiving core is brutal. Yeah. Who's, who's, who's their best wide receiver now? Crowder. Crowder. So second best, and 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 not only that on Le'Veon Bell, three point two y- right. yards per carry. He averaged, can't even say it. He averaged four yards per carry. Brashad Perryman. He averaged four yards per <laughs> carry in two thousand seventeen, which wasn't great. And his longest run that year was twenty seven yards. So it's possible he's just, uh, you know, far removed from what he was in his prime. And here's one last fun exercise. And this exercise supports Heath's case and supports Ben's case. I think Dave is sort of in the middle of them. But I'm gonna read you. I'm the pl- closer to Heath than Ben. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna play you. I'm gonna play you. Read you the players who were drafted in the fourth round of a PPR league last year, our fantasy football today draft, and some of them really hit. Some of them were busts. Don't have that safety of Le'Veon Bell. Tyler Lockett does twelve team league. Tyler Lockett, Evan Ingram, Josh Jacobs, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Aaron Jones. Mark Ingram, T.Y. Hilton, Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay, A.J. Green, and O.J. Howard. You have I think in- the only ones that didn't hit except O.J. Howard right at the end were injuries. And I don't think Le'Veon Bell doesn't have injury risk. We can set that aside and say if he gets hurt. But this is a guy who has had chronic knee issues, missed a season, and wasn't very explosive when he came back. I don't know why we would think he's going to be the picture of health as a aging running back as well. I mean, I think he has as much risk as anyone in that range. Let's go to Ben's uh, antique wide receivers. The oldest guy. No, uh, T.Y. Hilton and A.J. Green. All right. Yeah, they, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not in their prime probably anymore. Green missed the entire season. Hilton only played 10 games. He had 45 catches, averaged 50 yards per game. He did catch five touchdowns in 10 games. Uh, he's on pace for 802 yards and eight touchdowns on 109 targets, and he was outside the top 30 on a per-game basis. Who do you like better this year, T.Y. Hilton or A.J. Green? I actually feel better about Green. Anybody else? Do I need to get into it a no, little bit No, I've been waiting for Ben or, or Heath to chime in. I thought, oh, I thought you were going to ben, give... They're Ben's guys. Uh, I thought you were giving them the the yeah, first word, and then I had okay. To, it's my fault. Right. It's my fault. It was bad organization. I would, yeah, I would just say Siri, show me what Le'Veon Bell would look like if he was a wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Here's T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> or you could ask Alexa. So, I'm so not sure who you're dissing with that. But me and you, it's a pretty good double bird. <laughs> <laughs> so, so who uh who did. Do you do Dave and Heath think that Bell uh, that that Hilton and Green will bounce back this year? I, I'm a believer in Green because I'm a believer in Burrow, and I I, I think the Bengals are going to continue to be a floundering team that'll have to throw the ball. And uh, AJ Green comes back; he's happy with the new quarterback, he's happy with the new direction, he's got the franchise tag, and he shows everybody that he can still be good when he's on the field. There's the injury risk to me, is still the biggest thing with A.J. Green. The problem is that there's injury risk with T.Y. Hilton, and even though Phillip Rivers did connect with two receivers for over 1,000 yards last year in L.A., I, I'm, I'm still nervous about T.Y. Hilton getting there. And Hilton's never been a big touchdown producer. 
Um, so I'm a little less optimistic about him. I would, I'm at the point now where I'm comfortable taking AJ green, very late round four in PPR. TY is now more like round five for me. I listen, these two combined for 45 catches for 500 yards last year. So yes, (laughs) I think that they will both bounce back from that. Um, I like T Y Hilton slightly better than AJ green right now for green. I, I think, and this whole Bengals offense, and I, I'm going to talk about this probably more and more as this whole thing goes on. How much time does Joe Burrow get with his NFL team? How much time does AJ Green show up for um, all of the offseason stuff with his rookie quarterback? How much time do they spend together? I, I, I have, I'm going to have probably more concerns as this goes on about players on new teams and rookies than I do in normal years. And that will be especially true if green decides to sit out everything because he got franchise tagged. Um, so I, I, I like Hilton as a, a low end number two and AJ green is a borderline number two right now. Okay, Ben Gretsch, let's hear your cases for bounce backs for Hilton and green. And who would you take first? Um, I would probably take Hilton first. I like them both. I, I, Heath makes a really good point about potential shortened offseason time. And, and I think that could be uh, something to consider. But for both of these guys, we're talking about you know injury rebounds, first of all, which is always a risky thing to bet on. We're talking about um, similar situations in that they should both be getting improvements at quarterback. I know a lot of people are down on Phillip Rivers at this point. He's going to play behind probably the best offensive line, I don't know, of, of his career, but certainly in the last several years. Um, so I do expect Rivers to play better than he has in the last couple of seasons, and he's still been an accurate quarterback. He throws a lot of interceptions, especially when they're trailing or when the Chargers in, in the past have been trailing in games. He gets aggressive, which I don't necessarily think is a bad th- a bad trait in a quarterback, um, and he does make some boneheaded throws, but has always had pretty good uh, accuracy numbers. Um, and I, I think is a considerable upgrade on, on Jacoby Brissett as a passer. And then Burrow, I think we should expect, even as a rookie, will be a, an upgrade on Andy Dalton, or else he shouldn't be the number one pick, probably. Um, so both of these guys, we're talking about if they can be healthy, they're almost certainly they're not the number ones on their offenses. They're not quite as old as probably a lot expect. Hilton is 30 right now. will be 31 this year. Green's 31. will be 32. Um but Hilton, before last season was clearly the worst season of his career. Before that, he had over 8,000 yards in seven seasons. So even if he had no yards last year, he would have averaged still at this point 1,000 yards per season for his eight years. He only had 500 yards. It was a down year, but it was injury-related. It was, uh, you know, his quarterback retired a couple weeks before the season started. It was not a great year for the Colts for a lot of reasons. They've now, again, upgraded a quarterback. Green is a little bit harder to, to make a case for because he got hurt midseason in 2018, missed all of 2019. But if you go back and look, you know, six of his first seven seasons were a thousand yard seasons. The only year he didn't make it was actually going to be his best year. He only played 10 games and he had 964 yards in terms of yards per game. That was his best pace. He was on, on pace to have an, a phenomenal year that year. He's been very, very consistent throughout his career until missing the last year and a half. So these are two guys I, I think are very clear. Number one wide receivers could be in for, for QB upgrades from what they've played in in the past and for Hilton, what he played in played with last year and should be in better offenses. I mean, I just think there's a lot of similarities and, and unless you think they're completely over the hill, um, I, I'm curious where they went in our last draft because Dave said fourth or fifth. I feel like they've been going a little bit later than that. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. No, I took Hilton in the fourth round in our, I think, a non-PPR draft. And Too soon. Fifth round, maybe, in PPR. It's three-receiver league. Uh, and he's worse in PPR. I mean, he's only had one season with more than 82 catches, T.Y. Hilton. He's a big yards-per-catch guy. Not last year. 11.1 yards per catch. I'm more or less willing to throw out last year. He was 16.7 the year before. Jacoby Brissett was horrible. Um, Philip Rivers in the last 10 seasons, only one time has a wide receiver had more than 1200 yards. Only one time has a wide receiver had double digit touchdown catches in the last 10 seasons with, uh, Philip Rivers. Antonio Gates did do that twice though. Um, and yet Keaton Allen has been really good. I, last four years, Tyrell Williams was 
17th in PPR. Keenan Allen was third. Keenan Allen was 12th. Keenan Allen was sixth. So that's that's a really good recent track record of a number one wide receiver and um, and Philip Rivers and Tyrell Williams. Would you say Tyrell Williams is more like T.Y. Hilton than Keenan Allen is? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think when you you noted that stat, I was thinking, well, Keenan Allen was his number one, and it's just a different type of player. He catches a lot of balls closer to the line of scrimmage. Tyrell and then Mike Williams last year had a thousand yard season um, as kind of more the downfield threats. I think Hilton is a is still obviously the downfield threat, but is more of a a well rounded number one than either um, Tyrell or Mike. And, and it's it's notable the Colts haven't added anyone in free agency to their pass catching core. In fact, they've lost Ebron and really not replaced him. I expect they'll right. add uh, to the to the um, position group in the draft, but there's sure. really not many free agents left that they can add. Uh, that would contend with T.Y. Hilton for number one duties. You're probably looking at Zach Pascal and um, Paris. Paris Campbell. Yeah. Yep. As and Jack as Doyle at tight end. Yeah. They, Doyle, they didn't resign but... Funchess either, Ben. Right. So you're, you're, yeah. at, you're spot on there. So in, in both I cases. I can't tell if the Funchess note is. <laughs> I think it's legitimate because I think Funchess, if he had stayed healthy, I think he's going to try and be in Green Bay what the Colts envisioned him being last year, and that's just another red zone target. So so he could take touchdowns away from receivers wherever he goes, provided he's healthy. He just wasn't healthy last year. Well, one of the struggles I've had with projecting the Colts is, like, obviously they were really run heavy and game script dependent last year, 513 pass attempts, um, more than 10% below league median. The year before, same coaching staff, different quarterback, obviously 644 pass attempts. Now, I would say quarterback wasn't the only thing that changed. Their defense was better last year, and their defense has gotten a lot better this offseason. Would, where would you guys put their pass attempts? Like, league median was 575 last year. Yeah, I think they'll be below average. But not too far below. Uh, I, I, think the, I, I have really no idea. I think they have a quarterback. I think they have a quarterback this year. You know, they they didn't want Jacoby Brissett throwing the ball. Maybe they did at the start of the season, but certainly it became apparent they weren't going to win behind yeah, him. So, so like five fifty. Well, well, when he got hurt, when he got hurt, that's when they really started to get cautious. Five fifty is a good number, I think he. But Hilton's been a good receiver, and he's a really good fantasy receiver, and he's only once had had a hundred and more than like hundred and thirty eight targets. Two years ago, he was a top 12 receiver, maybe just outside, with like 120 targets. He only played like 14 games. So, yeah. Well, so he started his career as mostly a deep threat. And he, wait, you said only once he's had more than 130 targets? He did it four years in a row. 138 targets, right? Okay. Yeah, 139. Only once he's had 140, Adam, if you wanted to pick that number right above where. Right. Like 140 targets is a ton, especially for a downfield threat. That's a guy that's getting high value air yards, downfield targets, and still racking up plenty of other targets. 140 is not a small amount of targets. If he gets 140 targets this year, he's going to be very good. Right. But I I think he's he's been good. He was a top 12 wide receiver, maybe just just worse than that, with 120 targets two years ago. T.Y. Hilton. Let's let's wrap up, Heath. Go ahead. Yeah, I think like with Hilton specifically, you have and Green to, but with Hilton, you have the risk. Did he get worse last year? Yeah, um, or was it all Jacoby Brissett? Did Philip Rivers get worse last year, or was it all his offensive line? And then how much do they want to pass? Like there, there's there's some risk there, and I I think there's top fifteen upside, like what he did in 2018. Yeah. Let me ask you this last uh, question. How many of last year's rookie wide receivers would you take ahead of T.Y. Hilton and A.J. Green? So we're looking at A.J. Brown and maybe Metcalf, McLaurin, whom, and I don't know, Slayton, Debo Samuel. I, I don't know who I'm forgetting here. But uh, how many of them would you take ahead of Hilton and Green? Probably f- the first three that you said. And I think before... Um, before like Marquise Brown or or like Debo Samuel, I think I'd be comfortable taking Hilton at that point. Yeah, I'd take I Hilton think... ahead of Debo and Marquise Brown and Will Fuller. But what about what about those first three? AJ Brown, McLaurin, DK Metcalf. As of now, I've got Hilton behind them. AJ Brown is the only one I have ahead of Hilton, and that's only in non PPR. 
Okay. Once I get comfortable with the idea of Philip Rivers chucking it deep, and that's just something that I've got to look into from last year and see how many deep targets he had, and I can find that pretty easily. I, I, I think I can warm up to T.Y. Hilton a little bit more. All right, Dave. Adam Thielen and Tom Brady are your bounce backs. We've we talked a ton about these guys. I don't know if we really need to get into it a lot more, but Adam Thielen is well, in a yeah, Excuse me. To, excuse me. Yeah. This is my turn to ask the other panelists if they agree or disagree. Oh, my bad. Remember? <laughs> I'm trying to save you a little time. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do five minutes on these guys, and then we'll get into the bounce back meter and then your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. All right, Heath and Ben, do you agree or disagree? Adam Thielen and Tom Brady bouncing back. I think Brady, you know, is a is a bounce back candidate. Yes, he's in a better offense. He'll probably throw down field more, but uh, he's not something I'm going to get super excited about. Phelan is the guy that at the top of the show I mentioned is is only a year younger than T.Y. Hilton, and we think we don't think of him as that old, but um, he's a guy also coming off an injury. He's a guy also in a, a potential run first offense, or almost certainly a run first offense. I don't see how Phelan is so much of a better pick than T.Y. Hilton. And he's going in like the second round because Diggs is gone now and it seems clear he's going to get a ton of targets. But uh, I st- I think Irv Smith will be involved along with Kyle Rudolph. I think they'll be using two receivers and they're going to add to their receiver room. I think Thielen's being overdrafted in, in a lot of our mocks when he goes in the second round. Yeah, I like I, he's definitely a bounce back candidate. He had 400 yards last year um, and he's going to be a top. 20 wide receiver. I, I still prefer Thielen to Hilton, but it's a situation where I think Thielen's being drafted around too early and Hilton's being drafted around too early and Thielen's being drafted two rounds ahead of Hilton. So yeah, I think, I think he's a borderline top 12 wide receiver. He may have an, another good touchdown season and, and sneak his way into the top eight. But, um, I, it'll be interesting as well, like with the injuries he's dealt with and without having Stefan Diggs on the other side, what his efficiency looks like. Yeah, and it's it's two straight years with injuries because I don't know if he missed any time in 2018, but he certainly played hurt late in the season. So that that's a concern for Thielen for sure, but I've said it so many times. I mean, the, the guy's been better than better than Diggs in fantasy when they both have been on the field. And he's just been really awesome three years in a row, basically when he's been healthy. So I, I'm very high on him. I've been taking him happily in the second round. Are, since we're just saying game. that he was never healthy after his injury last year. Then, I mean, okay, you pull up the game log. I don't remember how many games he played after the. Let's let's take a look after the injury. And Dave, I'm this is your guy, so I'll let you get in, in a second here. But two of them he left almost immediately. Right, he left the Chiefs game in Week Nine. He no, he played two games after the Chiefs game. Uh, all right, maybe he play, only left one immediately. So I, I'm not. He played at that. four games counting the playoffs after the Chiefs game, and he was great in the playoffs. No, he, he played one five game games with 129 yards and one game with 50. He was, played five games after the after the injury. One of them was the Chiefs game. I think he left on the opening possession. Um, after that, yeah, I don't know. You think a guy who had seven targets and three catches in two games was healthy? Well. Like, I think it's interesting because like before the injury, when he was so good for fantasy, it was almost all touchdowns. His yardage totals, 43, 75, 55, 6. No, he didn't get hurt in that game. He played 95% of the snaps, 130 and 57. It was almost all because of touchdowns. Absolutely. I also just want to add, because someone mentioned this when we were talking about Hilton, whether he got worse, Hilton did the same thing. He played through a calf strain, and it was like every week he shouldn't be playing, but he's like, I'm going to get out there and play for my team. He was playing like 50% snap shares at times. He was not healthy at all. Okay, Dave, go for it. Well, I just know that the two times that Adam Thielen's had at least 100 targets in a season, he's finished as a top 10 receiver in PPR, and he's been top 15 in non-PPR. Uh, he was touchdown dependent early on last year, still averaged... 16 PPR points per game. He had a he had a couple of real monster games, and there was the one dud in there where he only had the like two fantasy points. That was week four. I think he's he's clearly got the uh, eye of Kirk Cousins. I think he's going to be the lead target getter in Minnesota. I do think Irv Smith's going to have a role. I think they add another receiver in the draft, and there's going to be an interesting competition between that rookie receiver, Irv Smith. Chad Beebe, Tajay Sharp, 
uh, BC Johnson, maybe even Dylan Mitchell gets into the fray and uh, they, they compete for who gets the second and third most targets on the team. Kyle Rudolph obviously is going to be in that mix too, but he's been touchdown dependent for as long as he's been in the NFL. So I'm, I'm looking at volume for Thielen. I know he's a great route runner. I know he's got great hands. And I, I see what you see, Adam. I think he does have potential to have another very, very good year, particularly in a Minnesota offense that's probably going to have to throw more than they'd like to. I know we're talking about them as a right, run-first right. team. Part of the formula of them being a run-first team is having a defense that's very good. They've lost a lot of pieces on that defense, and I'm not sure how good they'll be at, at making up for it. Yep, that's a good point. And I think Dalvin Cook's going to be their second leading receiver. I mean, that's part of the appeal with Thielen. Is he is so far and away the best option on that team. Hilton's not? Oh, no, he is. I mean, I just I, think I, I, is, Look, is... I've been drafting Thielen and Hilton like it's my job lately. Sure. Which is I a little worrisome. this conversation has like solidified for me that Hilton is the discount Adam Thielen. You don't have to pay. You can save two rounds. And like the, um, all the arguments apply. I, th- I mean, I think Thielen's better, especially in a PPR standpoint. Like Thielen's got a chance for a hundred catches. I don't see it. I don't see any chance that Hilton has. Like I said, one oh. year with more than eighty-two. But he did. I mean, he led the league in yardage in twenty sixteen, just four years ago. I mean, he's he's very good. I, it, you know what? The fact that I've been so heavy on Thielen and Hilton in these last. Two, it's been only been two drafts, but I know in my mind that I'm very high on those two compared to everybody else on the show, except maybe Ben. Um, it scares me a little bit because, you know, sports is something, it's a young man's game. And these guys are in their 30s and they're, they might be breaking down a little bit. So it does scare me. It's like independent of, of where they are in their careers, I think they're great values. But yeah, you could be investing pretty high picks in guys who are on their downside. Are we sure. going to be nervous about Julio Jones? I mean, are we are we going to throw him away and not even consider him? No, he no, he was good last top year. Top fifteen pick. He's been healthy. Sure. Well, well, he stayed healthy. Listen, I think Adam Thielen and he's he better healthy, than these guys have fine. ever been in their whole lives. That's true too. That's a, that but I do true. think that Adam Thielen, I, the, the injuries cost him last year. I think we can immediately say that. I don't think it's a talent issue with him at all, at all. I am no. not. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy and but can not he Julio get, Jones. get a ton of targets? No, he's not. But okay. it, Adam was talking about age. And so if we're going to just completely discount players because of their age at wide receiver, I know it's easy to do at running back, then, you know, let's throw in every receiver that's 30 or old. We should. I mean, you should. And I'm, I look at Julio Jones' season and he had 48 targets in his last three games. And that was without Calvin Ridley. Okay. He, he had 134 yards and two touchdowns, 166 yards and then 78 yards in his last three games, I, I am not without concern for Julio Jones because he wasn't as good last year as he typically is when Calvin Ridley was on the field. And it's possible, like, my, my bold prediction for HQ this week, we're talking about every team, we're each giving a bold prediction. We have, like, one team per division. My bold prediction on the Falcons is that Calvin Ridley's better than Julio Jones. Would How surprised would you guys be if that happened? Be fairly surprised. 30% surprised. Um, yeah, my, my original projections had Ridley scoring like three more touchdowns than Julio Jones. So I guess I wouldn't be that surprised. I've got them both in my top 10. Oh, you must love Matt Ryan. All right, cool. Let's get the bounce back meter going here. Who did our listeners think would bounce back? This is from uh, zero to 10 on the bounce back meter from Alex Mountjoy, Darius Geis. Five. Sure. Five. I don't know what to make of guys. Obvious great talent. They added Peyton Barber. They're probably still going to have yeah. Adrian Peterson. They Bryce Love, I, I like. They, they have a ton of running backs. For Jamie God's McKissick. sake, just give me a damn number. Three. <laughs> dumb and dumb Too right. many cooks Everybody. in that kitchen. Uh, from Mike James, Odell Beckham Jr. in a big way. He's way too talented not to. Six. Four. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Odell Beckham finished, what, like 20th last year? In PPR, he finished. I don't even know if it was 25th. That high. Yeah. Did okay, I'll give yards. him a five. I'll give, I think it'll be better than that, but not in a big way. Five. Okay. 
uh, from Blue, OJ Howard, bounce back. Three. Another four. Four. From Mindaugi, James Connor. One. Seven. One. I, w- I would have said eight or nine uh, two days ago. I'm feeling you saw that report, like right? a three now. Right. I, I had a feeling the Steelers were going to do this. Oh, they're going to add a they, running back? Yeah, they're, they feel the way about James Conner. The Redskins feel about Darius Geis. They love the talent, but they're nervous about relying on him too much. Somebody had Jonathan Taylor mocked to them. Well, that but they're okay. They'd have to trade up because they have the 49th pick. Right. They don't have a first. Maybe round. they could get Jonathan Taylor there, but they, they don't have a lot of draft mm-hmm. capital. They have one pick in the top 100, the Steelers. Of course, they could trade up and, and get someone. But uh, look, they're going to add a running back does not mean they're not going to feature James Conner for one more year and then get rid of him. Yeah, no, but I they also added Benny Snell that. last year and have Jalen yeah. Samuels as a good pass catching back. So if they're adding to that, you're you're not just talking about one other back. The, they're the, pretty clearly not going to feature James Conner if they're adding to that. I think they they they've had it with Jalen Samuels and they're worried about James Conner staying healthy and they need something. They need another piece. They're not going to pay James Conner when his contract comes up, which I think happens this year. I think he's in the final year of his deal. I'll double check it. If not, it's two years. It's one or the other. I thought it was so this they can year easily too. plan ahead. Could be wrong. I, I do think it's possible because Jalen Samuels has not really been very good. Yeah, he's an H back. Um in terms of like efficiency. And Benny Snell, I didn't think was particularly good. So maybe maybe they just want to add a backup running back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is the last year of Connor's deal. I'd be shocked if he signed a rich saying. extension after this year. Connor, by the way, has one season as anything remotely close to a workhorse back. And he was a late round pick or third round pick. He wasn't like a a high profile guy. So just assuming that he's their star number one lead back, I think is a little aggressive. Okay. How about a couple more from Ed Ed Dubies? I don't know. Aaron Rodgers, bounce back. It's possible. One zero. Oh, I, I'm going to say a seven for Aaron Rodgers. He's had 27 total touchdowns each of the past two seasons. They've they they've added Devin Funches. That should be good for five <laughs> touchdowns. I know you can laugh, but five touchdowns. I'm not saying he's going to be good for fantasy. He's going to be good for Aaron Rodgers. I think Sternberger can catch five touchdowns. I think Devontae Adams can catch all the rest of the touchdowns. Aaron mm-hmm. Jones will get a few, uh, but taking away from Adams, and they might draft a receiver. Wouldn't surprise me in the least they if we saw to. Aaron Rodgers get back over 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Well, 4,000. I mean, he'll get that, but will he get 4,500, 4,300? He, he might be just... He, he'll, I, I would say 42 is a safe number for him. All right. Uh, how about from Ethan? Philip Rivers. I think five or six. I should have changed Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to change Aaron Rodgers to a one because there should only be one zero. <laughs> I'll say Philip Rivers. <laughs> Zero. I'm I'm really surprised you're that low on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, well, what yeah. do you have? I want to know why he's so low on Philip Rivers. Yeah. Well, Both Aaron Rodgers was potential. what? What? Twelfth at quarterback last year? Nah, I I think I he was think like he eighth. was seventh. Yeah. Okay. It, it was quite so a bunch he, there. I, but I he don't wasn't think he's that going good. to be a top five quarterback. That's what he had to be to bounce back. So right? so not getting too specific that's into fair. where he'll finish. No, I don't think that's true. I mean, he wasn't that good last year. He was only good when he had an amazing matchup. Basically, and he was great in those games. He wasn't that good. We know that. So, just from a playing, per, he hasn't know, been that good for three years. From a performance perspective, will Aaron Rodgers bounce back and play really well? To twenty sixteen, not going to win the MVP or whatever he did in twenty sixteen. I don't know, but yeah, can he? Can he get you? Can he? Can he have a thirty five touchdown season? Can he be? Can he be amazing again? I, I don't know what like it's it's been a long time since we've seen that. So you're saying no? Yeah. Okay. Can I make a quick like, case? I, for... I, I sorry. Oh. I, I think he'll be a top twelve quarterback. That's fine. I just don't think he'll be any much different than last year. Okay. Sorry. Yes, you can make a quick case for Philip Rivers. I so Frank Reich offense, which I think Frank Reich is a very good quarterback coach, uh, and I think it suits Rivers. It's short passing. Um, it's uh, you know. He, like they're they're probably going to be more run heavy. We were talking about the past temps earlier, but good offensive line. I think he has a lot of weapons in in Campbell and Naheem Hines is a really good athlete. 
Um, and, and I still, I obviously am, am optimistic about T.Y. Hilton. I think Zach Pascal is really good too. Um, so I think he like this could be a type of thing where he's now in a better fit than he's ever really been. And like, do you guys remember when Brett Favre went to the Vikings and had like a really good late season or late oh, career yeah. season? Like, I, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like we could see a little bit of a bounce back from Philip Rivers like that, a little bit of a rejuvenation. He's a competitive guy. He's, you know, he's going to want to do well. Um, so am I crazy about that? No, it's just you're drafting him with one of your last three picks. I don't. I, you don't prioritize him as a top twelve quarterback. Oh, certainly, like he has day. no rushing value whatsoever. He's not like a huge fan. Yeah, but yet. that's. But I, he never has. Yeah, but like, I do love the idea of him throwing behind that offensive line, especially if they can find one more piece to that passing game. And that's the thing that, like, and that it's the same thing I said about Rodgers. But this is a fantasy football show. Like he was the fifteenth quarterback in fantasy last year. Yeah, I'm thinking more, I guess, for his weapons than to really hit him. Like, I don't think he's going to make the Colts weapons better than the Chargers weapons were last year. So, I mean, there, there's a difference though, between just looking at where a guy finished in fantasy points and really talking about the impact he had on your fantasy team. Aaron Rodgers did not feel like the eighth most valuable quarterback last year. Phil Rivers did not feel like a top 15 quarterback, but what did they do? They played 16 games and they accumulated a lot of stats, but they didn't, play particularly well particularly especially philip rivers i mean it's not like rogers but was nobody's bad. we're not drafting aaron Rodgers to be better than a top eight quarterback we're not drafting philip rivers as a top 15 quarterback i just i don't really think aaron Rodgers was a top eight quarterback last year i mean by the numbers okay yes he finished one two three four five six seventh in six points he finished points. 11th in fantasy points per game does yeah, that sound a little more that like does the exactly aaron you saw last year yes i think hey, i've got him ranked even, 11th but not even because like he just he was so inconsistent. Now let's not forget, Devontae Adams got hurt. Their number two receiver situation was as bad as it gets. Their tight end situation was horrible, and he was learning a new system. So they really need a, a, a weapon. And if they do, I don't see why. I I still feel like there's a great player there in Aaron Rodgers. He is not old. He doesn't really run that much, but he's not like a he's not Tom Brady and Philip Rivers. I don't see why he can't be a stud. But he, yeah, we'll he, see. he did have some crapola throws, though. Oh, he, I do remember some throws that just yep, you're right. Third string quarterback type throws. Like he can still be a great player and not ever be the Aaron. Like he's just that that guy. All the evidence we have suggests the guy we saw from 2009 through 2014 or 16, whenever you want to cut it off, doesn't exist. But he threw for 4,400 yards in 2018 and only 25 we, touchdowns. With 600 pass attempts, I don't, I don't think they're probably going to throw the ball up many times. They're going to be good. He had 569 pass attempts last year. It, 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 you know, he had 30, he had 29 fewer pass attempts, and he had almost like his yards. I think his yards per attempt will be between seven and seven point four. Like he's going to be between forty and four thousand and forty one hundred. All right, forty two hundred yards. All right, all right. I guess I'm a believer. Here we go. Emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Okay, 12-team PPR. I need to keep two forever. Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, George Kittle, Lamar Jackson, and Chris Godwin. Ooh, Chubb, Jones, Kittle, Lamar Jackson, Chris Godwin. PPR, keep two forever. Godwin and... I think if we were drafting, Godwin and Jones would be the two that would go off the board first. So I might Chubb. be. No, Chubb I would think... go before Jones. He would. And he, Jones went before Chubb in our most recent draft. They I would go Jones very close, very close. Toss up. I'd go. I I would go Godwin and Kittle and keep forever. Yeah, yeah. The idea is just keep those studs for a long time. Then yeah. All right, from Bryce from the land, dear Roger. LeBron, Wayne, and Tom. Those are the goats. Mm, they are. I don't see a Michael on that list. I think Who's it's Roger? Roger Federer. Federer. Okay. Come on, Omni. He misspelled his name on the email. He did. Come on, Omni Sport. Maybe he meant Roger Saffold. Uh, <laughs> did I get my points for the Kansas Jayhawks winning the national championship yet? <laughs> oh, no, God. <laughs> uh, by the way, that Who's first email was from Trace. And this email's from Bryce. So here we go. How's it possible to take Derrick Henry in PPR ahead of Nick Chubb 
when Chubb caught more passes, had more receiving yards, and almost had more rushing yards, even with Kareem Hunt there. Um, now add Kevin Stefanski, who loves to use running backs. Chubb will outscore Derrick Henry. Help me understand why he wouldn't. Well, Chubb was on his way to being better than Derrick Henry all the way around, and then Kareem Hunt came in, and his, his production nosedived. Kareem Hunt's still there. So unless something happens where Kareem Hunt's gone and Chubb gets all the work in Cleveland, like Derrick Henry gets pretty much all the work in Tennessee, uh, I'm going to take Henry first. Yeah, I, th- I think the question was because like it seems like a lot's being put. He was on pace for 22 catches in games with Chubb, which is pretty similar wait. than what you would expect for Derrick Henry. Wait a sec, wait a sec, and, wait a sec, wait, wait. He was on pace for 22 in games with Hunt, you mean? With Hunt, yes. But I thought he was on pace for 30 catches. I have him with 15 catches in those eight games. I have him with 11 in those eight games. Okay. Well, I'll take um, and he was on pace for like 1,600 total yards. It's just that he scored two touchdowns, so it looked like he was terrible after Hunt was there. Okay. Either way, he was on pace for more catches. What did Henry have, 18? Yeah, yes. Henry's never had 20 in a season. So, I mean, I... Like, even with Hunt there, I expect Chubb to catch more passes than Henry. And I, I'm taking Chubb before him. Chubb didn't, isn't the guy who had 400 touches last year. He's younger. Chubb's very good. I mean, I, I agree. There's like a log jam for touches in, in uh, Cleveland's offense. But I still think Chubb is the better pick. I agree with the, the writer. Yeah, you're right, Heath. He had 11 catches. I think I added an extra game in there. Um, the last eight games, 11 catches for Nick Chubb, uh, but he was on pace for 1,382 rushing yards and 234 receiving yards. So did we give it like a real answer to this? I, for I me, the answer is touchdowns. Henry. Oh, yeah, sure. That too. I like even though like the two touchdowns last year from Chubb were ridiculous and you shouldn't expect anything like he's going to score. A, he may score 10 touchdowns. But if Derrick Henry scores, plays 16 games, I think he probably scores 15 touchdowns, and he's the only running back I feel like that about. All right, let's go to our next email. At fantasyfootballcbsi.com from Salvador. Grade the trades in a 12-team half PPR dynasty league. Trade one, give up Mike Gesicki and pick 211, 11th pick of round two. Get Devontae Parker and Daniel Jones. That's an A. Yeah, nice. Sounds like an A to me. Mm. It, <laughs> I don't know C. what that grunt was. Uh, a, C. He's a C. It's a C. You're a C. All right. Give up. Dev- oh, my God. Give, it, give up Devin. Sing- like the, the grade. Uh, give up oh. Devin Singletary. Get A.J. Brown and 212. 12 pick of round two. Give up Devin Singletary. That is, there's not a scale big enough to give that an A+. plus. <laughs> I don't know how many pluses I would have to put on that before I felt tired of putting pluses on that. How did he yeah, get the I, 212 with this? I think there are certainly uh, probably 30. Like I'll, I'll, I could do a Twitter poll. Who would you rather have in a dynasty league? And I would assume like a third of the people are going to choose Singletary. Which is C. understandable. Um, I would say it's an a, I prefer Brown to Singletary, but they're back to back for me, and you're getting a draft pick too, so that's great. All right, this next... I was just trying to make Gretch go crazy by saying C. <laughs> it's this an A. Next email is from No Name, dear Harold Al- uh, Albert, Harold, Donald, and Mushmouth. That's Fat Albert. Yeah, Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Hey, hey, hey! All right, old man. I have the third pick in an eight-team PPR league, so everyone has a pretty good lineup. Uh, let's see. So he has Gurley and Damian Williams at running back and also Kareem Hunt. He has Adams and Thielen. He has Kelsey, Devontae Adams and Adam Thielen. He has Kelsey. And he has a good bench. So I was offered Marlon Mack, Austin Hooper, and T.Y. Hilton for... Mark Andrews, Drew Brees, and Tariq Cohen. Remember, he has Kelsey. So he'd give up Mark Andrews, T- Drew Brees, and Tariq Cohen. He would get Marlon Mack, Austin Hooper, and T.Y. Hilton. Would you do this? I don't think sure. so. Oh, yeah. Um, but I would, and this is going to sound crazy probably. I would see if he'd give me a little bit more if I changed Andrews to Kelsey because in Dynasty, I'd rather have Andrews than Kelsey. Interesting. 
Okay. Well, I would get. I would like to get Marlon Mack because you could you could you, you flip Hooper back. after you make this trade? I don't know. In an eight-team league, no, he's not a starter. Mm. This is even, no. Yes, he is. In an eight-team league, someone should start Austin Hooper. Not necessarily. I mean, this guy's not going to. He's either going to have Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. Okay, from Dave, twelve-team keeper league PPR, six point per passing touchdown. I'm taking over a team in a league that has been around for years. I have the second pick in the draft. Here are the players I'd consider keeping. I can keep five. Who should I keep? Daryl Henderson in the fifth round. Darwin Thompson in the fifth round. Mahomes in the sixth. Hardman in the seventh. Deontay Johnson in the ninth. David Johnson in the 13th. Darius Mm -hmm. Geis in the 14th. Noah Fant in the 17th. Bryce Love in the 18th. Pick five. Henderson, Mahomes, and Fant are musts. Yeah. Guys. And I would keep Hardman. Nah. I'd keep David Johnson. Oh. I think wow. I'd go with Johnson and Johnson with the last two. <laughs> okay, okay. So try and redraft Hardman. Henderson. We I think Mahomes we all agree the Fant. top three are Henderson, Mahomes, and Fant. Uh-huh. Yep. And then do we have anybody, Does anybody else? Does not want to keep David Johnson in round thirteen? I don't. You'll go with the younger receivers? <laughs> yeah, I'll probably go with Mikole and Deontay Johnson. Or Darius Geis, this I is, think I would keep before David Johnson as well. This is a keeper man, league, yeah. not a dynasty league. Like you're just really focusing on this year's value, I think. And David Johnson in the thirteenth round, I don't love him, but you gotta take David Johnson in the thirteenth round. Like you're you're giving up a dra- you could draft Nicole Hardman after the seventh round. You can draft Deontay Johnson in the ninth round. Yeah, you can't not, do it. Not with in Geis, a keep though. five league. No, those got everyone gets okay. pushed way up. Yes, David Johnson's probably a second round pick in this format. Next email, Aaron from Ireland. To the regulators, ten team standard scoring dynasty league. Should I trade Mike Williams? And if so, for what? I'm trying to improve at tight end. I have Darren Waller, Jacob Hollister, Hollister, Dawson Knox, and Jordan Atkins. Uh, he has six picks. Atkins? Aikens. Oh, Akins. Yeah. yeah, Jordan Akins. He did he did write Atkins and I Ron Burgundy that. Anyway, uh should he trade Mike Williams in a ten team standard scoring dynasty league? Sure. I'm not real optimistic about him with uh a quarterback change right now. Heath, what's the chart say? Um I would like I don't know if this is Accurate in terms of like, I feel like Mike Williams value is viewed all over the place. Um, could you get Tyler Higby for him? I'd do that. I would do a, trade him for Noah Fant. Oh yeah. Um, I'd trade him for Mike Gesicki. What I about not, Hayden Hurst? Oh, oh yeah. I'd trade him for Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is 27. What do you guys have against Mike Gesicki? What do you have for Mike Gesicki? Yeah, 97th percentile spark athlete, second round pick, <laughs> just got the fourth most air yards at the tight end position in his second season. Guy's a freak athlete at 6'6", who played a ton last year, got a ton of volume. He wasn't great, but... There you go. <laughs> you buried the lead. No, look, I mean, obviously, with the things you say are encouraging. He's going into his third year, so... I think he should be on the breakout. And he didn't really radar, get much of an opportunity his first year. Right, right. If we're right. Being well, i got to read one more important email here to end this show. And this is from Jared in Atlanta. With all of this sudden free time, I decided to finally watch Jerry Maguire and settle for myself if it was a football movie. Personally, I don't think it is. However, while typing this up, of course, the most memorable scene of the movie is Rod Tidwell's knocked unconscious touchdown grab. Weak winning fantasy performance by Rod Tidwell. With that being said, Tidwell's central portrayal is his true love story with his wife, Marcy, and his flourishing and loud friendship with Jerry. Whereas for Jerry, it is, it is his epiphany on his purpose for his career in life and the tough road ahead for him. Calling Jerry Maguire a football movie would be like calling How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days a basketball movie just because the Knickerbockers play a small role in the flick. That is just not a good analogy whatsoever because How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, the main characters aren't basketball players. They just like go to a game, I think. I mean, congratulations, Jared from Atlanta. You're wrong. No, that. he's right. I mean, he's taking it a I'm little a bit too far with the with the how to lose a guy in ten days. But it's not a it's it's a love story, everybody. And I plan on watching it this weekend because I don't think my wife's ever seen it, and she doesn't think it's going to be good. 
But one thing we can all agree on, it's a great movie. A great movie. And needs to be watched, even though there's barely any sports in it. You complete me, Adam. Thank you, Dave. You complete me as well. Everybody, y'all had me at hello. We'll talk to you on Thursday or Friday with our next edition of Fantasy Football Today.